0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail.
1: Everyone should be aware that this is a fraudulent culture. It's a fraudulent economic system, and by God, is it prevalent in our government, in politics ad nauseum everybody should have a basic knowledge which is like why I send I send that John Oliver clip to a lot of people because he did and, and he can be crass and so when I send it to like my Christian friends I'm like heads up but he did such a great job of bringing it down to earth and like really Hitting home, guys. Like we should care about this because there are people in our community that are hurting, that are selling their houses, that are selling their business, that can't put food on the table because they're trying to pay for somebody at the top. There's everything wrong in that, and so it's not just this. This fight is not just reserved for people that are out of it or for people like me that just happen to care. Everybody should have a basic knowledge of it, and and that's where to Robert's point. at least in the end of the book, was like, well, how then shall we live? What can we do? Because we know the Federal Trade Commission ain't going to do anything about it. It's up to us to compassionately tell our friends, encourage people, send them stuff to watch and to just like be done with this. Like I'm so over this culture already. Why can't we just move on to something else besides having to see another person go through this? So yeah, it's it's not It's for everybody to be aware. Like people should be aware. It's it's about being informed. It's why we watch news.
0: It's good to know what's going on around the world, right? You know, it's a social justice issue. Yes, it goes along with any other social movement. Um, When people learn more, they're able to do better, and they're able to educate others to do better. Say, hey, that word's problematic. We don't use it anymore. Or, hey, we don't blame victims anymore. That's not great. Oh, don't fat shame people. That's not okay. It's the same. It's right along the same thing. See something, say something. Be like, hey, MLMs are really predatory. I, you know, before you sign that dotted line, like, can you watch this John Oliver special? Because I'm just trying to help you. I just want you to be informed. Or what, you know, read my copy of Ponziomics before you spend $5,000 on something. Just, just take the time and, and see if this really is something that you want to do, because, which leads us right into issue number five is that MLMs ruin your credibility.
1: Yep. And this is huge. Before I quicken into that, I just want to say one more thing about Young Living, about doing research. You mentioned Gary Young on another podcast episode before. Uh, I mean, if you want to find some skeletons in someone's closet, man, you do some research on Gary Young, because it's like, he put his daughter underwater in a water birth for an hour thinking that the amniotic fluid would just flow into the water and killed her. That enough, if somebody is going to do their research on a company at anyone, but certainly a Christian who holds themselves to Christian values and standards should go, "Mm, I don't think I want to align myself with a company where the guy who founded it would like put cat blood in people who are cancer patients in Mexico. Do research, like do research on the, on the company.
0: So yeah, he's uh he's a icky or he was, he's not around anymore, but he was a very icky guy. He had a lot of problems with like pretending to be a doctor and getting in trouble. I think he had like five different FTC violations. I mean, it was insane. Just Google like Dr. Gary I, Young
1: and read I've, his history. Uh, because like I don't really care what people think about me. I've told people that before that are in Young Loving. I'm like, by the way, tell me what you know about Gary Young. And it's always like, oh, the story of the lavender fields. The story of the, la- when he broke his foot and, and it was cured by the lavender, walking in the lavender fields, I'm all, okay, try this article, try the police report when they found a dead baby in a water bath. Start there. And it's, it's always the like, alternative facts. Like, did that really happen though? Can you really prove that? And I'm like, okay, well, that conversation's over. But um, again that that's just ties- your opinion
0: Abby right how do you know I'm you like this is a listening. fact <laughs> this is not a. this is not my opinion although my opinion is the same as this fact but this is a fact it's not a police
1: report I mean it's not a blog post it's police report um, uh, but, but yeah, yeah so that, that ties in with that credibility because if you're gonna sell this dream, this opportunity, this amazing company, which by the way, this guy was like this, who founded it, the credibility, if you're using your critical thinking skills is like, oh shoot, I'm not going to do that. But uh, with respect to the church, this is, gosh, I feel like every point is huge, but so Christians are called what we what we say in the Bible that the phrase is we're called to be lights in the world we're called to shine light on on dark places we're we're called to help people help people who are suffering when there's something wrong going we we're called to expose it and and clean it out and we're all we're all screwed up let's get better like we're we're called to be lights in this world we're called to be different we're called to show our faith in in our actions and what we do not just what we say or like lifting your hands in a worship service like sure that looks great hillsong but like at the end of the day it's about what you do and when so imagine somebody i i I said this before like imagine somebody coming to a church that's never been in a church they maybe maybe they're invited by a friend they don't know God, maybe they don't want to know God, maybe they just have a couple questions or like, why are we on this earth? So they are already in an extremely vulnerable position because those are deep questions that we all have had at one point or another. Um, and then maybe they're invited to the women's Bible study, and and that they're going down that train track of like, this is a good thing. Okay, I'm getting some some of my questions answered. There's some really nice people in the church. This is a really great church. And then you go to women's Bible study, and somebody is peddling essential oils in Norwex, and you go, wait a minute, okay, is all of this bad or just this part? And that person is trying to do this like equation in their brain of like, is everything wrong with this church, or is it just this woman, or is it? But when you are already in that vulnerable position where you've entered the church or you're asking those questions, and then you. You get the slide in with the 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 fraudulent, scammy stuff. Like I said before, it's done, or else you sign up and become one of them. And those are both horrible scenarios because what it doesn't do is it doesn't do justice to the the Christians who, like me, are just like honestly trying to. Like, I just want other people to know God loves them too. Like, it's that basic. And it's offensive to me that there might be people who have been unspeakably hurt by the church because there have been a lot of bad apples in something that might be good. It might be a great church and it might really help people. But in that church, there might be some bad apples who are bringing people down with them and that, that credibility has the credibility that's been shot has such a ripple effect. Like, we're talking decades. Like, I, I've talked to people who have been hurt by the church like 20 years ago in youth group, in whatever, um, specifically with the purity culture. Like, there's just a lot of, there's been a lot of, the church has grown in a lot of ways when you go through that hurt, man, is it hard to get past that. It's so hard to build that trust back. that for us who are like earnestly just trying to like tell people about God and like, like work through difficult questions, they are not helping. <laughs> they are not helping us. Like you, that credibility is shot. And then that person from that moment on might be extremely resistant to God And they might not otherwise have been. That to me is almost like, (laughs) I don't want to use the word eternal, but like, that is such a horrible offense that, that to me has a lifelong consequence. And we have consequences to our actions. I've screwed up. I have had consequences to my actions. I'm sure everybody else has. And Again, that moral compass is, is like, I'm sure these women who are doing this are feeling in their heart of hearts. Like, if you really dig down deep, you know, like there's something. I mean, I, I've heard of a lot of women on your podcast that are like, I knew when I was in this, like it wasn't good. I knew it. And when you oh, do it also within the guise of, of Christ, it's like it's so dirty. It 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 sullies God's name. And it's like it's it just it makes me so mad because it's like the credibility is shot.
0: You know, if I would have left MLM the first time that little voice talked to me, I would have saved myself a lot of time and money, a lot.
1: And what's, what's weird is like the older we get, sometimes we listen to that voice more because we're becoming more mature. Like I, now that I'm 30, I'm like, when I know something isn't right. Like I identify them like, Oh, yep. That's that thing. Like I need to like, I identify that when you're in MLM and you know that, and you don't do something about that, that is going to have like lasting impacts on your life. That's going to take years of therapy, support work to work out of that. And, and if you want to bring yourself down that road, go ahead. But when you pull a vulnerable woman into that, I mean, shame on you to the nth degree. I just like, I have no sympathy. I, I, I need to get better at that, the empathy part. Cause I'm just like, don't do that. Don't do that. So it's, um, that to me is the, the worst. Is it, it ruins the credibility of church as a whole.
0: Yeah. You come to learn about Jesus and, and connect with a like-minded community. And instead you get pitched a scam and you're like, cool. Guess yeah, I'll it, be looking for a different group to connect with, right? <laughs> Lose that person who you know could have been a really wonderful person in your community, and you don't want to alienate people with your scammy business practices. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not good, you guys.
1: People are we're humans, which means we're vulnerable people. For people, I mean, Lee Remedy's Scientology series did a very phenomenal job of showing that people are looking for something. We all have that, like we're all searching for something. And when you're in that position where you're already, the pump is primed and you're searching for some people, the MLM thing comes real quick. But like, sometimes it feels like the religion thing is right. It's, there's so much like similarity in some ways with that culture. And I'm just like, church, we can do better. We, we, we have
0: to do better. We have to do better. Um, yeah. The, the cult aspect, I mean, the cult aspect's already going to be there in a church because it's just a community like that, you know? And so you're going to see a lot of similarities. Obviously there are other cults that are far more dangerous than, yeah. than other cults, you know, Scientology is very dangerous. Um, I love the Leah Remini show. It was one of the things that helped me realize I was in a cult and get out. Someone on TikTok the other day um said, You're like Leah Remini of anti-MLM, but way nicer. And she totally made my day. And I was like, Oh my god, that's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, so thank you, random um TikTok follower. You totally made my day. I hope you're listening to this. And you're like, that was me. Yes. Um, because I love you. Um, but yes, like it's these cults and you see these similarities and they're just all there. And so we have to, like I said, see something, say something and, and be like, Hey, this is a predatory thing. And we're not going to allow this here.
1: Yep. Um, And again, the, the verse I mentioned before about ironing, sharpening iron, sharpening iron, that idea is like, if you think about your best friend, your best friend is your best friend because you can tell them anything and they're going to, they're going to spit truth back to you, whether you want to hear it or not. And that's only going to make you into a better person because it holds you accountable. It's accountability. And if we're not willing to speak out about the things that are not just that, that make us mad, but that are actually wrong. Um, I mean, it took, uh, a ton of courage for for Leah to come forward. Um, it has taken, I'm sure you, a ton of courage, Roberta, to come forward and, and be sharing your story. But, you know, from what I've heard, it's like you're at the place now where where it's not that anger part anymore. You've talked about that going through those stages. And what a beautiful thing now to be on that side of like, we just want to help people out of this. We just want to get you out of this. Like if it's one person, awesome. If it's more people, Great just want to, and, and it takes courage to speak out. I've lost friends over the fact that I talk about multi-level marketing. Um, and so be it.
0: Cause I believe it's that wrong. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I have also lost friends because I speak out and, um, those aren't your friends, you know, yeah. and that's okay. They probably think I'm not their friend. Cause I won't buy their, you know, nail stickers and that's fine. Um, but I don't, I don't, uh, support that business practice and I'm very publicly (laughs) outspoken about that. Uh, and and that's just how it is. And and I have friends that sell MLM and I talk about their MLMs on this podcast, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, and it doesn't affect our relationship at all. I say, are you still making money? Like, yep, I'm doing what you said. And I'm double checking and I'm still in the green. Okay. Okay. All right. Make sure you're checking. Yep. Thank you for you know checking up on me, kind of thing. And it doesn't. It's it's okay to have differences of opinions on things, and it's okay to not agree on one hundred percent of the things that you deal with. It's okay. Hasn't
1: hasn't the last year (laughs) shown us that? Like, I can tell you, I do not agree with most people in my church politically, and and it's okay. Like that's okay because we're, we should be able to have civil discourse.
0: Absolutely, how else
1: do we grow? A hundred percent,
0: amen. Girl, you should be in front of a church. You, We all have the same opinions (laughs) about the same things and like the same people and the same shows and the same politicians and the same foods. What a boring world that would be. Oh girl, yes,
1: (laughs) preach it. Absolutely. Okay, so
0: here's a question. Uh, and this is in this article as well. And I think we don't have to go down these specific talking points, but we can just sort of talk about this. Um, why do you think that the church and society doesn't really talk about multi-level marketing? That's an excellent question. Um,
1: maybe because they're nicer than I am. Like I <laughs> like the people are, are just nicer than me by nature and they want to preserve people's feelings. You know, um, Ethan, who who penned this article, addresses that. Why is there no accountability in the church? And one of the things that he mentioned, and I agree with this, is he calls it anti-confrontation. People are not by nature confrontational. And if you are, you should probably run for president because you don't care about making people mad. Like we need, we need people like that in our world that are like the Paris Gallers of the world, right? That just like do it. But typically people don't, it's uncomfortable to confront somebody. It's way uncomfortable to confront somebody in an MLM where you're like, I don't really like agree with this business model. and like, I really don't want you to sell me this stuff anymore. That's uncomfortable. And if you are maybe like a more shy person, um, you certainly aren't gonna do that. But in the church where like you're there to, to love people and to be positive and, and help people, it feels like you're tearing them down when really like it's an iron sharpening iron. Like you're actually loving them when you are when you are confronting them. And in the church, we call it admonishing. And admonition is, it's like a word to somebody. It's, it's like an accountable word. It's not a dig. It's not a, hey, fix this part of your life. It's, hey, I, I'm seeing this thing in your life that's like giving me concern. And I love you and you're my friend. And I just, I'm just sort of concerned about it. Prove me wrong, go ahead, because I'd love to hear. It. But like from what I'm seeing, I'm just there's just some some issue. And we can say that about any part of our life where our friends, if they're really our friends, are gonna say, like, Abby, like I'm seeing this part of your life, I, like, I just you need you could gotta work on this girl. Okay, cool. And we do that, but but yeah, to answer your question, I think it comes down to that confrontation thing. Like people don't want to confront.
0: I uh, I actually have a funny story about confrontation. I am not confrontational. I don't come for huns. uh, Maybe like one to 2% of the time, if you catch me in a mood, I might be like, okay, I'm addressing this. And, and for me, I don't want to be confrontational. I just want to be educational. Sometimes you might watch my TikToks and I respond to Huns, and I have a little spicy tone where I'm like, hello, <laughs> it's supposed to just be nice. I'm like, thank you so much for this question. Like, it's just <laughs> and you're like, oh, Roberta's spicy today. Okay. Um, I will tell you that even when I make those, like, I hate being confrontational. I got my little Apple watch. My heart will race
1: oh my God. so
0: fast when I hit that reply with video. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, so, I'm like, because I hate confrontation and it is one of my biggest anxieties, which is why I'm doing it because I'm facing my fears. I <laughs> love it. Being just like, you know what? And there was somebody today on TikTok that commented on a, on a post about. Shakeology and how expensive it is and how there's so many more options that are that are less. And she commented something and, and the comment is already deleted. <laughs> but she commented, like, tell me you don't know how to compare products without telling me you don't know how to compare products. And I was like, I was literally only talking about the price. So okay, I'll reply to this. I mean, my heartbeat was like 120. I was like, ah, 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 and I made the video and it was like, tell me you're a beach buddy hun without telling me you're a beach buddy hun, is all I said. <laughs> like I can't believe I just did this I can't believe I just confronted her and you know she deleted the comment it's still there in the reply video but it's no longer on the original video and I just want you guys to know that even though I'm not confrontational except for those small examples it still scares me too and it still makes my heart race and thump out of my chest where I'm like I don't think this is healthy but again facing my fears and doing these things and you know if you're going to come on my page, tell me that I'm the uneducated one when I'm the expert and come at me. And I'm very, it's very easily debunked. I'm going to respond to you. Yes. So if you don't want me to respond, don't comment on my TikToks because I yes. might respond to you. I have no shame anymore. I'm learning to, to be a stronger person. Like that's my whole goal for this year is to be stronger and that includes calling out the bullshit. Well, girl, you are doing my a great job so far.
1: Well, thank like you, it's your goal, like you've met it. I mean, and really when it comes to confrontation, like you just sharing your story is confrontation because it's just like sharing your story. It's not like actively trying to find people to, to right? Like you're just responding. And again, there's something so satisfying when, when you know that you are, I shouldn't say in the right, but when in your spirit, when you know that you're doing the right thing, you're like given an extra like endorphin, like, like we, like you're the adrenaline. Is, it, and in some ways it is a good thing. Cause you're like, okay, I, I, I need to say something about this because this is wrong. And you're, and that's a really great thing, but you're right. The, the, the people that are just like online all day, like it's, Count to well, 10 before you, you know, these
0: huns, they're secret bullies. I went on her page because I was like, maybe she doesn't sell it. And it took me a good 10 minutes or so to find confirmation because I didn't want to make a video and her be like, I don't even sell it, stupid. So I was like, I have to find proof that she does sell this. And I did. And I made the video. But even then, I was still scared. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: And well, so the other thing too about that, and I don't want to go on a I'm quick on a tangent, but like, it always bothered me even as a young person before i even got into this was like why does nobody talk like the 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 less product focused mlms don't talk about the product like why why is it always these the girls that come on instagram they're like hey i found a new fitness regimen and like i just feel so much better about myself and i'm eating healthy and like if you want to know more about this just like i'm like girl if you worked at target you would say like buy this mascara, like, why are you not telling me what product you're using? What business operates? Like I'm in marketing. My job is to tell you what we do for you. Like when you're selling something, you tell people what the product is. The the deception again of like, well, come to the party and you'll find out more.
0: Just what? watch this hour long seminar. It'll explain everything.
1: <laughs> like, I don't want to. <laughs> Just tell me, is this an
0: MLM? Also, <laughs> I feel like it's an MLM.
1: Also, I knew I know that you had Savvy on before. It was a couple of weeks ago, maybe. And she has done some really great video a couple of really great videos on Rachel Hollis on the whole Hollis clan. Rachel Hollis has infiltrated the church community, even though I don't even know if she's like a Christian. Is she? I think like I don't even watch She I claims to be. To, yeah. I did some not people even claim to be. To, I didn't yeah, I did not even read her book because I knew what it was gonna be like. But in my mind, from what I heard, it was like like God is gonna bless you when you finally come into your own and you're like your own boss. And I was like, no, no. And so sh- her stuff really did a, a cycle in the Christian communities that I was really uncomfortable with. So, and she has spoken at a lot of, of MLM conferences and conventions. I'm so over her. I'm sort of glad
0: she's starting to get canceled I commented on (laughs) one of her posts and I was like aren't you canceled (laughs) yes did he say that (laughs) got a bunch of likes I don't think she responded it might have been deleted I have no idea but I was like aren't you canceled yeah her whole thing about like I'm not in the
1: business to be relatable like that had that has been your whole shtick Rachel for your whole entire life
0: Yeah, I made a TikTok about that too. She's like, "I don't want to be relatable," and I was like, "Then why'd you write all these stupid books and why are you a blogger and a personal whatever and a motivational speaker if you don't want to relate to people? That doesn't make any sense." I know. So I'm
1: I'm glad that that is starting to come out of the the church circles at least. I was like, purge that stuff because that was oof. That was not
0: good. I have a childhood friend who I've already talked to about this. And he agreed, but it was a while ago before I started the podcast, and I'm trying to get in touch with him again, Um, but he actually is a lawyer, and he is the lawyer that is defending MANA Group against Rachel Hollis. literally like my next door neighbor as children. And I was posting about the Rachel Hollis thing. And he messaged me. He's like, you know, that's my case. Right. And I was oh like, my what? And then I look oh. at the doc and it said his name. And I was like, how did I miss that? Like, <laughs> that is seriously cool. So I'm going to try to get him on to talk about what he can. I don't yeah. know. I know he's super busy right now. Um, so I, I would love to promise you guys that, that the <laughs> the lawyer that's going against Rachel Hollis will talk to us, but I can't. But I'm trying to get a hold of Ben. And Ben, if you're listening to this, check your email. Email me back.
1: Yeah, Ben, come on.
0: <laughs> get on the show.
1: You know, her whole, like, just the delivery and her messaging. And she has double speak up the, you know what, her whole messaging is exactly the, where the Christian MLM language comes. It's that passive aggression, but also like, girl, you own it. You're a boss, babe. Do your thing. Do, your family will get strengthened. God will bless you. Like come into your own. It's, it's toxic. It's like way, way toxic. Oh gosh. I'm so
0: glad. Oh Yeah. She's, she's, she's the worst.
1: But litigated. Um, so,
0: um, I know that you've mentioned it a couple of times, but do you want to talk about your call to action? Yes.
1: Or is there uh, anything
0: else that you want to mention before you I get to that?
1: Well, we talked about like one of the points he makes in the article is money holds more influence than it should because in the trash, like, money is not it. Like if you are a true Christian or really like anyone that has like spiritual questions, you're having a spiritual question because you're not satisfied in your life. And like, haven't we heard the stories of like super rich people that come out and say like, I'm not happy, right? Cause like money doesn't do it.
0: National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy. And it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but there's still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts... Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash spotify. See at the polls.
1: Money just doesn't do it. So Um, you know, one of the things, again, I don't want to get too political, but like the people being gullible and quick to believe these claims, especially about like essential oils and health and wellness, the misinformation traps, there's a ton of that. And we saw that happen this year in some really disgusting ways politically, and certainly with COVID, um, with, just, there was just a ton of conspiracy theories that happened in my church here, even in my t- little tiny town of Wisconsin. I mean, QAnon, like you name it. And it's just like, what happened? Can, like, what would you do with the brain if you had one people
0: like use your brain? I'm still floored that there are people that think the earth is flat. I was like, I thought we debunked that like hundreds of years ago if not longer, I don't know. I don't know how many years ago it was. It was a very long time ago. I, mean, and I was like, don't you know that Tom Hanks, that? Hanks is really a hologram? I'm like, what?
1: Okay. What? Tom Hanks, you should come on the show. <laughs> come on the show and talk to, talk to Roberta. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a hologram. Tom
0: Hanks, come on the show and prove you're not a hologram. <laughs> I mean, it's just there. So there's that.
1: Um, again it's a psychological pattern people like to make patterns in their brain and again in the church um, there's a book in the bible called revelation and it and it goes into like end times is the phrase that we use in the church of like you know things that are going to happen at the end of the world and so christians are sort of always thinking ahead on things like that and so if people can make pattern connections in their brain of like well, wow, this thing bill gates said and this thing there's just there's again, it's the, it's that like breeding ground for misinformation. And again, the education part of this could not be stressed enough of just like people like take one step back, use your brain. Let's critically think here. Let's debunk stuff. Let's find the truth for goodness sake. Let's find the truth. So that, you know, that's another part of, of, again, why is this so prevalent in the church? Another one is someone close is involved. And we hear this a lot. Um, my mom was in, my sister was in it, and I wanted to help them. And before, you know, you're sucked in and, um, Bible study. And yeah. it's that, that tight knit close family feel of a church. Is... That's a very
0: vicious cycle. Yeah. Cause you really think you're helping somebody. Well, I'm helping them, I'm like, but you're not, you're not actually helping somebody when you buy their products because the warm market is the first one to go. You know, your aunt Linda who bought oils from you isn't going to need to buy oils every single month. So for the first couple months, when aunt Linda and your mom and your sister and your cousin and your neighbor are all buying a little bit from you, you're like, wow, I can do this. I've made so much money. This is super, totally viable. Oh my God, this is great. And you're giving them false confidence that this business is viable because when your warm market falls out and you have to start cold calling, you start realizing that the market is so unbelievably saturated. Your oils can be found literally everywhere online at the Whole Foods, at the grocery store, you can find essential oils everywhere. And you start going, Oh, maybe, maybe this isn't the business I thought it was It was so easy the first couple months. Why isn't it so easy anymore? So when you support your friends in this, in the beginning, and you do these things for them, you really are giving them false hope that yeah. this business has any longevity or any viability at all.
1: Yeah. And John Oliver sort of riffs off on that at the beginning of his video. You know, he, he, I think he plays an Herbalife promo video. That's like, talk to the five people that you love the most in your life. And John Oliver's like, really, you want to bring down the, the people you love the most. You're going to show them that video. Like you don't love them if you want to, if you're going to show them that, you know, so there's, there's that side of it too. Really quickly while, while you mentioned the market saturation, one of the other things that really initially piqued my interest on like what's up with this culture was I use the analogy of a bakery and here's where I'll go with this because a lot of people say it was just a business savvy it's just a business you know someone's selling paparazzi jewelry you want to buy a necklace you right so let's say my friend owns a bakery I go to her bakery in town. I say, you know, what's up? I'd like a baguette. They're really good here. She goes, great, that'll be four bucks. And I grab the baguette. That's the transaction. She, her bakery exists so that I take the good that she has made and I give her money. That is basic capitalism. It works. When I go to that bakery and I buy the baguette, she doesn't go, hey, thanks for the baguette. But you know what, Abby? I have an opportunity if you wanted to open your own bakery right across the street, you could do that. And like, I might make a little bit of money off of you, but I think it would be really good if you opened your own bakery across the street. Now, if you're critically thinking anyone right now would go, what, why would she tell you to compete against her? She was the one that owns the bakery. Why would she tell you to open a bakery across the street? Isn't that like direct competition? And yet that's exactly what MLM is asking people to do. Like the whole idea of recruitment is so wonky to me. Cause it's like, wait a minute. With the, the go back to the starter kit thing. I just wanted to buy oils from you. Like I would at Walgreens or Target or whatever. Like I want to buy oil. I'll give you money for it. You give me oil. Great. I don't want to start my own oil selling business just because I want to buy an oil from you. So this is where that education part comes in is, is, is MLM is not just about buying a product from somebody. It's never about that. It's always about recruitment and it never works because again, using the bakery analogy, it's like, why would you want a direct competitor right across the street? Like there's that saturation part of it. That's like, how does that not make sense to people?
0: Maybe I I don't know. Well, exponentially you will run out of people eventually on earth. There just aren't enough people. Everybody can't own their own bakery. You guys, we need people to do other things. (laughs) But like the weird part of it too, is like
1: if I moved to town and I wanted to own and open my own bakery just for natural competition, again, capitalism, go do. But when the baker of that bakery says, I have an opportunity, why don't you open your own bakery? Like, wait, what? I'm buying the baguette from you already. I don't need to open my own bakery. I'm gonna go home and eat this whole thing by myself. Like that's the part that, that I wish more people understood that that is how this business works is that's the vicious cycle is it doesn't make sense. Your, your, your customer base is all the same customer base and you're selling off each other because you hope they're going to support your business and you're going to support their business. And it just doesn't make sense. And especially during COVID this year, I think you've mentioned it before on your podcast or of like, I don't know what the stat was of like the increase in, in MLM participation, because it was
0: like 54% of MLMs, yeah. um, said that they actually did better because of COVID. <laughs> I was like, it's oh, i have been 56. It was definitely over half.
1: It's heart-wrenching because now, I mean, there's such a, like, I, I I'm friends with the people that own a, an amazing, uh, pizza joint here in town. They cannot find people to work for them. They they're willing to pay whatever just to work for them. So, or anything like we were talking before. There's, there's so many different ways to make money and make good money, not 70 cents or 30 cents an hour, like good money that, you know, it breaks my heart that this year pushed people to that. You know, we couldn't, no one could control that, but like, let's, let's make 2021 the people, the year people that we help our friends out of this thing. Like, let's, let's get the courage to like, talk to somebody about, Talk to a friend about it, or um, it just yeah, it's it's so that was my bakery analogy. It's a it you know it's a sort of a confusing analogy, but I use it to tell people of like this is how weird this culture is. It's not about goods and services. It makes total sense. <laughs> it, it's not about goods and services. It's not you have something I want and I'm going to pay you for it. It's very weird. So call to action.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your call to action for the Christian church and the Christian community and the people. These are the people that you're talking to. So you've got the floor and talk to your people and educate them a little bit here.
1: So call to action. One, if you are a leader in a church, if you are a pastor's wife, if you are a Bible study leader, if you yourself are a pastor, if you're a youth leader, if you have any sort of pull in a church where you can influence policies and procedures, which by the way, all churches have or should have policies and procedures, make this one of them. That people should not be allowed to sell goods in a church. The church exists to edify, that is to grow people, to help them along in their life. It is not there to make money. Um, You can you can spell that out really directly in a policies and procedure handbook so that when that happens, you have something to look back on. And, and, you know, if you're a pastor, you can say, you know what, Hey, Karen, we've got, we've got a policy in place about this. Like, you know, if you want to sell Norwex outside of church, that's fine. We're, we don't allow that in our church here. And we, you know, we're, we would really prefer if you didn't do that during Bible study. That's like, that is a major call to action that I have yet to run into a church that has that. The only time I've seen that in an, and it's not in a church setting, but I um, I saw it at, in a small community that I knew that used to have these like craft fairs, you know, all these like different fairs that people would like sell LuLaRoe and, and they would, and it would be a craft fair where I would go and, and I wanted to buy like a pair of like alpaca socks or like knitted, a knitted sweater, like those sorts of craft fair. And I get there and it's like unique, Young Living, LuLaRoe, you know, all these other things. I'm like, that's not a craft fair. Like you're selling mass, like really horrible mascara. That's not a craft. You did not craft that by your artful hand. So there was, there was a community that actually said in their craft fair, like we are not allowing multi-level marketing at our craft show. That's an excellent step. And it's an easy call to action. So my call to, to, to leaders in the church is have a policy in place and and have it be, be written in such a way that people can approach you about and be like, Hey, pastor, like somebody just approached me about this, this oils of the Bible thing. That's going to cost me $160. And I just didn't really feel comfortable about it. So then that also means pastors that you need to do some research. You need to educate yourself. So people listening to this, send your pastor stuff, send them. Oh gosh. I mean, Robert Fitzpatrick has some amazing resources. You have amazing resources. Like there's, the dream podcast. I send it to a lot of people because that that also does an amazing job of of spelling out that culture.
0: Yes. The dream is amazing. Jane Marie is wonderful. She's got a very beautifully produced podcast. Um, Literally the opposite of my podcast.
1: (laughs) No, you guys are both like, hers is like almost like a mini series. I I tell people it's sort of like, it's like a series podcast where it's like, this is more here. like
0: a docu-series yeah. and like a story that continues. And mine is more like, Hey, you sold unique. Let's talk about it <laughs> or Hey, pyramid schemes are bad. Tell us why. Yeah. So, um, I want to add on to that about talking to yeah. the pastor or talking to your church leader. If you're not Christian, mm-hmm. any church, just talk yep. to your church leaders. If craft fairs and Facebook groups can have, please don't sell your MLM rules a church can too very easily very easily yes um and again like you also said if you're approached by someone in the church in this predatory way and it doesn't always look predatory like we've gone over it doesn't always look predatory but if you're approached to buy something say something go to the church leaders and say hey this made me feel uncomfortable because maybe even just complaining enough." And saying, this makes me feel uncomfortable is enough to get the pastor to be like, okay, this is a problem. Maybe we should sit down and write a rule about it. Yep. Because yep. the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you aren't complaining or you aren't reporting these things or you aren't letting people know that it's a problem, no one will ever know that it's a problem.
1: Yeah. And then what it does is if there's either a general announcement made at church of like, hey, everybody, we have this, this new rule. Um, just like be aware of this. What it does is like, and I say women because it's predominantly women those women they know that that pastor's talking about them and when you're called out e- even anonymously you know you're being spoken to sort of like that will give you pause and that's a healthy pause that's the pause we want you to have that's the pause we want you to say like oh like, so this is not like my pastor doesn't condone this. Okay, maybe I should just like go home and think about this for a second. That's what we want. We want you to think about it for a second. So
0: absolutely. Um, we want to plant that seed so that you go, wait a second, yeah. is what I'm doing wrong on some level? Oh, I, I need to go home and, and do some research. And, you know, maybe maybe that's what led you to watch or listening this episode right now. And if that's Thank the case, you. welcome.
1: And I want to have i know it's not all about me but like i mean honestly when it comes to the humboss and the church it's like dolores umbridge from harry potter like that's how i feel when i see them i'm like these little like ladies in pink suits like walking around I'm like you drive me bonkers i do not want to be oh,
0: so funny that's so so accurate so accurate
1: with the cute the little <laughs> yeah and all the she, she has cats or something right so cats or... many cats
0: okay oh it's yes. been a long time
1: she, yeah the, she is the queen of the passive aggression where you are smiling but you're also telling somebody off so <laughs> yes um I, I suppose in the modern world we would call that being a Karen which there's
0: plenty yeah. of in church too <laughs> Dolores uh, Umbridge the original Karen
1: <laughs> yes um, so, and then the, yeah. So the call to action is really, for me, I, I always say it like, how then shall we live? It's like, we have this information. Abby just went on this tirade, like blah, blah, blah. Now what? It's like, so the education part is huge. You know, we don't want to like bombard people with stuff. Cause then it sort of savor strongly again of the other side of like watch this video, watch this John Oliver, watch this thing, watch that. So we, we also have to be cognizant that like these people could be struggling and we don't want to make it seem like we're also them being like predatory or on them. Um, but you know, I just want to like, I just want to help people. Um, I want to see them out of this, um, a quick like story of practically how I've done that in my life. Um, so I designed websites as like a little side gig. That's my boss babe side hustle. Like I don't tell many people that cause I just like do it on the side. And I have a friend of mine and I know she'll never listen to this podcast because she sells Young Living, but, um, she recently ordered, she recently opened a cute little brick and mortar, like gift shop, like just a regular, like clothing, cute gift shop. And I was like, so pumped. I'm like, maybe this will really help her get out of this. She's been in, in MLM for 20 years and they have, I mean, they've lived paycheck to paycheck for most of their life and kind of know, we know why now, but so she opens brick and mortar shop and she asked me to build her website. And I was like, absolutely. I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for free. I got this. Like, I'm so pumped that you guys are opening the shop and they're like months into it now. And she still, she tells me like, Abby, we are making so much money with this shop. Like, I can't believe it. And in my heart, I'm like, she's never made money before my heart broke. She'd never experienced really making money because she'd always been in this vicious cycle of multi-level marketing where it's, it's buying thousands of dollars worth of inventory just to make rank, just to keep rank, just to do this. She'd never once like gone, my gosh, I actually have like money to spend and it's a good thing. And my whole doing this stuff pro bono for her, doing all this marketing pro bono is so that they can get out of MLM. And so my call to action to people out there is like, can you help somebody in your life that's struggling? Like maybe maybe there's a mom who's in MLM because she has a bunch of kids and she needs help. Go clean her house. Go clean her house. Go buy her dinner for her kids. Go do something, and and find ways to to like pragmatically help people. Um. Because if you just if you just say, like, hey, watch this movie, watch this John Oliver thing, <laughs> although it's amazing, it might not always help them, you know. Um, what are just some other ways that that we can help people? Even side, like I've never told I've never even told her that I'm helping you do all this stuff for free so that you'll you'll be able to to have a like do this real brick and mortar thing and get out of MLM. But that's why I'm doing it to help. So that's my call to action to people. It's like more more walkie less talky. we can talk about mlm let's let's do some other stuff to help people out of it so church that means like we got to grow a pair sometimes and and be willing to talk like talk about it it's uncomfortable i know it but like so are all the other scandals that have come out in the church and if we're just going to be quiet about everything shame on us like we need to be willing to to talk about these difficult things and Yeah, so that's my call to action. Pastors, have a policy and procedures. Other policy and procedure, other people, find ways to help people in your life closest to you that are in MLM without making them feel bad. Educate and like, we just can hope that even one person gets help in our life. Maybe none, but at least we know in our hearts we're doing the right thing, so.
0: I love that. This has been such like a great chat and I think it was very respectful and it was fun.
1: I so hope funny and animated, it was, animated. Like, it was that, so right? fun to talk
0: to you. I felt like I was just like, because nah, 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 nah. I do that a lot. Yeah, I'm sitting over here on mute because I'm really trying hard not to interrupt you guys. I'm really trying really hard. That's my thing. I think I did really well on this one, but I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> there were so many times that I wanted to jump in and just laugh because. I was like, that needs a laugh, but I'm thinking people laughed because it was hilarious. You were so funny, you have great references, and there was many, many times that my face literally hurts from talking. I didn't to even you. get to
1: make a Frasier reference. That's my favorite show. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I love like old sitcoms and reruns. Like I adore that show. Frasier Crane is the perfect man in my opinion. He doesn't oh, exist, which is why I'm still single.
0: <laughs> my dad loved Frasier. I watched it with him all the time.
1: I love that show. Yeah. So, well, gosh, this has been so great. Thank you for allowing me to like vent because this is the other thing is I don't have a lot of other people in my life that like agree with me on my anti-MLM proclivities. And so this is like finding the anti-MLM community, which I found on Reddit, which is just like a beautiful corner of the internet was just such a eye-opening, like you it's almost like you find it like a group of friends you know you're you find a friend when you realize like what I'm not the only one and it's like here's a whole world of people that are like yes you can get out of this so let's let's do it let's work to get people out of this like I'm pumped for what that could mean you know
0: totally and I know you were only in an MLM for like a day accidentally but I'm going to ask you these rapid fire questions anyway because oh, yeah. you're in the movement and you know what's going on so yeah yeah quick quick we're just going to do it quick um one word that encompasses how you feel about MLM
1: sacrilegious
0: <laughs> a warning a warning to someone that wants to join MLM
1: run That's all. Just wait, run wait, as fast as you, you can. Just turn say around. One run word? Did you say no, just one, one word? thing?
0: Just one warning. Oh. Yeah, okay,
1: so more than one word would not be just run. Do your research. Because specifically with Young Living, if people did research on the founder of that company, they would not sell Young Living.
0: Um, I completely agree. um So, what's the worst MLM in your opinion then? <laughs>
1: oh, so I my heart's tugging at Young Living just because it's in the church so much. But I think um, after watching Bill Ackman and Betting on Zero, it's a great documentary. I think it's still on Netflix. If it's not, just buy it on Prime, it's worth it. Herbalife is way fraudulent. Like that's in that Amway group. I kind of put like a different category of MLM. But Young Living for me rings a little bit more true with the, the just the ickiness that it brings in a church so yeah i'd have to say i'm living
0: um one of the hardest lessons that you learned just because of mlm you weren't really in so sort of because of mlm
1: hardest lessons i learned you're gonna lose a lot of friends if you speak up but it's okay you're gonna lose a lot of acquaintances maybe i'll say that because they're not really your friends
0: Excellent point. And then a positive takeaway um, from something in MLM that maybe you learned or something you've experienced.
1: Yeah, I would say um, maybe it goes to the confrontation part. Um, there's a confidence that I've experienced with the seven years of research I've done on multilevel marketing companies that I never had before. And it's so cool to be able to, to feel confident that I can talk to somebody about this. Um, so yeah, there's, there's like a sort of a courageous, like bravery part to this that um, I never thought I had in me. And I know that sometimes it can come across as being spicy and that's something I'm gonna work on, personal development, it's real. But that, that confidence part of, of, you're right, in any way, in any social justice, if there's something wrong, people, good people who stand by and do nothing, shame on you. So I, that that's part, of the, It ha, this has given me a confidence that I otherwise probably would not have had. So thanks,
0: MLM. <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. I love it. I feel the same way. Um, thank you so much for talking to me, spending your day with me uh, answering all my questions and having a wonderful conversation. You aren't just the most adorable thing ever. And <laughs> I'm so happy to have a new friend.
1: I know. Thanks for letting me come on. I'm, I, I was so glad that you allowed me to come on because I wasn't sure if like, because I hadn't been in MLM, you know, I'm like, I knew, I knew I had a different perspective on MLM being somebody from the outside looking in, but I also know I can be a bit spicy. So I was like, I wonder if she's gonna be okay with this. And I just had such a great time. So thank you so much for letting me share things and um, you are just doing such a great thing here, Roberta. I I know people say that, but like, I, and I don't compliment very often. Um, but man, you are doing such a cool thing. And sometimes it might, maybe it won't feel like it's paying dividends now, but like, you never know what this is going to be and where it could lead and gosh, go for it, girl. Like, keep going. It's so cool.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a crazy life that I put myself into and, you know, it's so cool because I've gotten to say yes to a lot of things that I never thought I would ever be able to say yes to and be involved in things and help people do things and meet people that I never thought I'd get to meet and talk to people. I never thought I'd get to talk to. So I will say like, yeah, being in LuLaRoe, it was not great. It was kind of sunky. And I didn't like it so much, but the after effect, the aftermath of MLM, the after of MLM, life after MLM, it all comes full circle is, uh, is wonderful. So,
1: Hmm. you know, there's, um, there's a a verse in the Bible and I'm going to probably kind of paraphrase it just for people to kind of understand, but basically it's, it's what was intended for evil. God created to be good. And I see that in people that are coming out of MLM, of of there was evil in Lularoe. There's evil in multi There's fraudulent, predatory evil. And that has made that has been made good now, because like now you're on this side where it's like light and it's it's cool and it's like you're you're shining the light on darkness. That is such a something to be applauded. So. Um, know that you are doing the right thing and keep going. Thank you. That really means
0: a lot. Actually, you, to- I feel so warm and fuzzy now.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for having me on, Robert. I really appreciate it. And thanks for people that are listening to this episode. I mean, who is this crazy Wisconsin girl?
0: Appreciate it. I think it's a really good educational episode. And I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.